You're listening to another football episode of Tap Outs and Touchdowns with your guy, Bully Rye. All right, everybody, welcome back to Tap Outs and Touchdowns, another football episode. And I swear this time, the season four finale of football shows, because next week with season five launching, we will have all XFL talk and maybe some offseason NFL talk. But nevertheless, welcome to this week's episode. It's your guy, Bully Rye. And as always, if we're going to talk football, we got to bring in our football show host, Banker Bill. Bill, how's it going today, bud? What's happening, man? I'm excited. We have a lot to do tonight. A ton. A ton to do tonight. Yeah, it's going to be, uh, matter of fact, um, we were we were going to record this Wednesday uh, this week so we could launch it Thursday morning. This is the first time I think we've actually done a show the day before it goes live. So um, we're going to be doing a lot of XFL talk. We've, uh, we mentioned it a few times on the show. We are going to get y'all as excited as we are for the XFL. But before, Try to. Try yeah, to. Not, not try. Do or do not. There is no try. <laughs> uh, the greatest Jedi of all time once said that. Uh, the old college get... try, Ryan. Come on. Yeah. Listen, you can call it a college try. Some of these guys are going beyond that college try in the XFL. That's right. That's right. Uh, but nevertheless, before we get into XFL, we have to start off with the big game in the NFL last weekend. That's right. The Super Bowl took place this past weekend between the Kansas City Chiefs and the Philadelphia Eagles. Baker Bill and I both had the Eagles winning the game. Baker Bill had it in the 20s. I had it 38-31 in favor of the Eagles. Well, the game finished 38-35, Kansas City Chiefs. Bill, we watched this game together, went to your house for your Super Bowl party. Uh, what was your takeaway from this? Uh, probably, I would I would call it the, the most entertaining Super Bowl we've seen in probably the last five to ten years. My takeaway is don't fumble the ball to the other team and let them score a touchdown. That's that's it. That we're done. We can stop talking about Super Bowl now. <laughs> no. I mean, listen, um the That's set, it. That's the difference. That's it. I mean, Philadelphia dominated this game for the first half, uh, in my opinion. If you look at the stat line, let's start off with the Eagles. Jalen Hurts, 27 of 38, 304 yards, a touchdown, but he also had a fumble lost for a touchdown uh, for Kansas City. Um, he also tacked on 15 carries for 70 yards and three rushing touchdowns that tied a Super Bowl record. It was also good enough for 4.7 yards per carry. But the running backs did not show up like we all expected them to. Kenneth Gainwell, Boston Scott, and Miles Sanders all combined for 45 rushing yards. I uh, mentioned 304 passing yards for Hertz. That meant that his top receivers were going to have big days. Devontae Smith, seven catches, 100 yards. A.J. Brown, six catches, 96 yards, and the touchdown that Jalen Hurts threw. And Dallas Goddard, six catches for 60 yards. Looking at the stat line, you would expect Philadelphia to come away with the win, especially considering your Super Bowl MVP stat line looked like this. Patrick Mahomes went 21 of 27, 182 yards passing, but three passing touchdowns. Tack on six carries for 44 yards. That's good for a 7.3 rip per carry. Um I would call him the unsung hero of this game, Isaiah Pacheco. uh, We mentioned Clyde Edwards-Alaire was taken off IR, but he was ruled out for this game. Pacheco finished the game. 5.1 yards per carry, 76 yards on 15 carries for the touchdown. Travis Kelsey, six carries, six catches, 81 yards in the touchdown. And Juju Smith-Schuster, seven catches for 53 yards. Um, Kadarius Toney and Sky Moore both had wide open touchdowns in this game. Um, 
first and foremost, I guess we should mission that we we learned something uh, during this game when we saw Jalen Hurts with a captain patch with just two stars on it. Um, Bill, do you remember the, Do you remember what those what those stars mean on the captain's patch? I do remember what those stars mean. Each star is how many years you've been a captain on your team, and once it goes beyond four, which would be four stars to gold, the C turns gold, and that means you've been beyond four years captain with your team. That that's right. So a nice little fun fact for you there, if you were not aware about captain's patches. A couple other things to mention about this game: we saw the longest punt return in Super Bowl history. Kadarius Tony returned a punt 65 yards, almost for a touchdown. It would have been the first touchdown a punt, for a punt return for a touchdown in Super Bowl history. And I mentioned it earlier, Jalen Hurts tied a rushing touchdown record in a Super Bowl. I believe it was Terrell Davis who held that record previously. Um, I think the biggest stat line to think about is the fact that Philadelphia was ranked third in total defense uh, in NFL history. They were second in sacks going into this game. They had zero sacks in the Super Bowl, gave up 38 points. So, Bill, uh, obviously there was a hold towards the end of the game that would set up a Kansas City field goal that would win this game. Um, now, I don't want to talk game, about that. I don't <laughs> want to talk about that. I don't, I don't, he held him fine. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Shouldn't matter. No argument. Don't drop the ball to the other team. Just don't. Yeah. Uh, so, Philadelphia has lost both offensive and defensive coordinators, two head coaching jobs. Um, Bill, what's next for the Eagles? Do the Eagles bounce back and, and make another run next year? Or was this their like only chance with this staff and this and this roster to make a Super Bowl? This is their this was their only chance with this staff and this roster. Uh I have a statistic for you. You, oh, you ready for the, you ready for this one? You're gonna love this one. Yeah, let's hear. The last 17 QBs to lose their Super Bowl debut have not made it back to the Super Bowl. Wow. That's let that a sink in. Don't let that one sink yeah. in. Do you want to know the names? I can go down it quickly. Let's hear it. All right. So some of them are still playing, of course, so that could happen, but not many. Joe Burrow. Jalen Hurts. It happened to Jalen Hurts, obviously, this week, right? Joe Burrow, mm-hmm. Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh-oh. Jared Goff, your guy right now. Matt Ryan, probably not going to happen. Cam Newton, done. Colin Kaepernick, done. Rex Grossman, Matt Hasselbeck, Donovan McNabb, Jake Delhomme, Rich Gannon, Kerry Collins, Steve McNair, Chris Chandler, Drew Bledsoe, Neil O'Donnell, and Stan Humphreys. 17 straight quarterbacks that lost their debut in the Super Bowl did not make it back to the Super Bowl. Those are some pretty big names, too. Some of them are. Pretty cool. That's Yeah, that's wild. And I remember the Rex Grossman Super Bowl. Of course. They lost... They lost to the Peyton Manning-led Colts in that game. After um, Devin Hester, what, returned the opening kickoff for a touchdown? Is that, isn't that what happened in that game? I believe I believe so. Devin Hester, a, a Hall of Fame punt and kick returner. Yep. Um, man, that's that's a wild stat to have. So uh, so the window's we, closed, Ryan, according to the statistic. Since Stan Humphreys, yeah. Jalen Hurts will not get back to the Super Bowl. Um, it'll be really interesting to see if that happens, especially because the NFC has got so many, like, Good, not great teams. You had San Francisco. We've talked about plenty on the show. Um, obviously, Philadelphia had a year that nobody was, at least I wasn't expecting. Um, there's a lot of a lot of parity in the NFC. You've got the Lions that are on the rise. The Panthers have made some huge uh, coaching staff changes. So you, you're curious to see what they're going to do in the draft. Rumors are they're going to take Anthony Richardson uh, in the t- in the top ten at quarterback. And Bill and I both agree that if you draft Anthony Richardson in the, in the first round of this draft. In three years, you're going to be unemployed. Um, I mean, it's it's just 
it's not going to be a good look. No. Um, when, when you As think a about Gator fan, I'm saying that. So yeah, absolutely. When you think about other teams in the NFC, obviously Seattle had a had a pretty surprising year. The the Cowboys are going to be around for a while. Um, so it'll be interesting to see if Philadelphia bounces back. Now, uh, talking about the Kansas City Chiefs, Bill. Um, you know, it was it was one of those things that everybody was sort of surprised that they lost to Cincinnati last year and and that the Bengals went to the Super Bowl. Um, where do the Chiefs go? I mean, are, do they make do they make a lot of roster moves? It looks like they're they're still going to need help in their secondary, um, but it looks like they may have shored up the running back position with Isaiah Pacheco. Uh, obviously, you still got Patrick Mahomes. You got a slew of speedy wide receivers. Um, I don't think we're done seeing Patrick Mahomes in Kansas City win Super Bowls. What do you say? I, I absolutely not. I mean, he is the new Tom Brady, in my opinion. It's he's unbelievable. He carries the team. I, you talked about his stats not being all that gaudy, but he was ridiculously and ruthlessly efficient. I mean, he had six incompletions. His passer rating was 131.8. His QBR was 96.4. I mean, get out of here with that stuff. That's not fair. He just, regardless of what the guy, you know, if it's not a ridiculous, huge stat line like Jalen Hurts had, he still carries the team and does exactly what they need to get done. And he's going to do that year after year. I don't know where they go individually. It's all going to matter. I mean, it's all about, you know, what what contracts are there, what cap numbers are there for this team. But we do know one thing. It doesn't matter who they have at running back. This Isaiah Pacheco was not supposed to be a superstar and is probably not going to be a superstar. And nobody else really was of note. Jarek McKinnon, the only note that I want to give for that guy is he didn't score a touchdown late in the game. So he can't tell his grandkids he scored a touchdown in the Super Bowl because he knelt down. But holy cow, man, talk about a team player. But uh, yeah. the, the other guy that you need to keep on the roster is Travis Kelsey. He opens up everything for that team. And you go from there. It doesn't really – and Chris Jones. Keep Chris Jones on the roster. Figure out how to get that guy. Make sure he's he's happy. But, uh, yeah, I mean, they, they're just going to keep rolling. Well, that wraps up the NFL season with the Kansas City Chiefs, your Super Bowl champions. Uh, here Couldn't sound more excited about it, right? You're just like, oh, it was so great. Like, wait, here we and go man, again. Listen, <laughs> I, I genuinely don't. I don't mind the Kansas City Chiefs, but it's it's that you're going to get tired of it. You're going to get tired of it. Everybody does. Yeah. The only reason, the only way I wouldn't get tired of it was would be if I was a Kansas City fan. Like if Detroit went on this run where they won three Super Bowls in five years, like yeah, yeah, I'm not getting tired of that. Like bring them on. Um, But it's 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 generally it's the consensus. Like it normally happens that way. The Yankees, the Patriots. Um, the Red You're Sox glimpsing for, the for, future. You're glimpsing the future. You're like, this guy's going to be a problem for a long time. We're going to be yeah. dealing with him going, trying to go to the Super Bowl or getting the Super Bowl every single season for a long time. His division isn't fantastic. Other teams have tougher divisions that have good, like the Bills. They have to play the Dolphins. The Jets are up and coming because of the draft they had last year. They just need a quarterback. And the Patriots still have Bill Belichick at the helm. So the Bills are going to be tough. To, you know, they're going to have a hard time being the number one seed every year. Kansas City is going to get the number one seed almost every year. It's going to be tough to not have that happen. And then you got to go through KC in the playoffs. It's going to be it's like one of the hardest stadiums, the loudest stadium in the NFL to play in. It's, it's, I mean, barring injury, you're right. I mean, we saw Patrick Mahomes win a Super Bowl on one leg. Uh, he had that bad ankle that we saw him re-aggravate right before halftime. Yeah. He came back and arguably had a better second half than he did yes. the first half. So um, Had a couple yeah. of huge runs. I mean, it's just insane yeah kansas city wins the super bowl probably not going away we will get some more nfl talk in a few weeks but for the foreseeable future we are going to get into the next league on deck so we're going to take our first break when we come back 
we are going to dig in a deep dive to the rosters in the XFL. We're going to go through each, each all eight teams, uh, break down by position, kind of give you the, who to look forward to. Maybe you'll see some familiar faces. Uh, and then at the end of the show, we're going to break down the first weekend, all four games in the XFL. Stay tuned. We'll be right back right here on Tap House and Touchdowns. This episode is brought to you by Carolina Business Equipment. With offices in Charleston, Greenville, Columbia, and Florence, Carolina Business Equipment can supply your copiers, computers, and printers anywhere in the state of South Carolina. Call my personal best friend, Aaron Thompson, at 843-452-8761 for a quote today, and make sure you tell him that Ryan from Tap House and Touchdown sent you. Carolina Business Equipment, you worry about your business, let us handle your technology. Established in 2008, One Stop Repairs in North Charleston, South Carolina is your one-stop shop for all of your electronic repair needs. Specializing in cell phones, tablets, computers, laptops, and game consoles, One Stop Repairs offers reputable and quality service with the quickest turnaround time and the most competitive prices in the low country. You can find them on Google with an exceptional 4.9 star rating or on Facebook by searching for One Stop Repairs. Call for a quote today at 843-343-6310. That's the number one one-stop repairs. All right, everybody. Welcome back to the show. We are here talking XFL football. It's your guy, Blue Rye. It's Banker Bill. Let's go. And Bill, we have done some, we have done some like <laughs> We have done some expert level research in my I have not spent so much time gathering information since college. That like the whole week. We should be like again, like this is stuff that like the stats guys guys do for ESPN, for Fox Sports, uh, NBC Sports. Like we went through and tried to get as much information as you could. And cataloging each one of these teams. Brutal. This is brutal. <laughs> so yeah. much information. Um, I should I should give you a little behind the scenes peek. We have changed formats to where how we're going to be recording the show going forward, um, and eventually we're going to do some live shows through this through this format. Um, but you cannot see the camera, but but Bill can. Um, your guy handwrites all of his notes, goes through and, and does his research, and still handwrites his notes like I'm in elementary school or um, like he doesn't have uh, technology like a laptop or an iPad to write it on. Um, but as I stated, we're going to break down each team one by one, kind of go through some names, kind of go through some of their accolades, uh, so you can sort of be reintroduced to some of these players because there's some big names that are playing in the XFL, and we're going to do it uh, in alphabetical order. I feel like that's the only way to do it because we really don't know who's who's going to be great, who's going to be bad, um, but it'll be fun to see because we got. Some, I, th we got I think some we should predict a little bit of depth chart this as well. You know, we don't know who the depth chart's going to be. We can try to figure it out. But I did look it up, Ryan, and, and it's funny if you look at the week one depth chart on uh, draft. Uh, can we say DraftKings? We're not advertising for it. So DraftKings, yeah. where they're trying to figure out like the fantasy teams, it just says depth one or three with all the <laughs> guys. Like they don't know either. Listen, so I think we should predict. In fairness, like I, I've got four guys lined up to do an XFL fantasy league, and I have begged you, like uh, practically, no. like no. on my knees, begged you to do a league. I have a tough time doing the NFL fantasy stuff. I do not want to play XFL fantasy. 
It's it's be like you know what's the, what's the problem with throwing darts at a dartboard and seeing if you can yeah. if you can somehow make a make a championship run out of no, it. No, we're doing no, we're doing the tap outs and touchdowns Madden league. I'm good with that. Uh, I will I will enjoy that. I'm not going to play XFL fantasy football, but I will be excited to look at the players that we look at tonight and say, were we right? Were we wrong? Does this guy have the juice? It's going to be interesting. I'm gonna I'm gonna have to reach out to some people uh, today for <laughs> all of you listening on Friday. To get a draft in before um, before the season starts, I'm not doing Saturday. it. Don't ask me again. I'm not doing it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm gonna get your dad to do it. I'm sure your dad will be in. There you go. <laughs> Terrible. All right, let's start off here. The XFL preview. Let's start off in Arlington, Texas. The Arlington Renegades of the XFL head coach Bob Stoops. Now that should be Ooh. the name that most of you remember. Uh, formerly of Oklahoma fame, his brother, uh, the head coach of the Kentucky Wildcats in the SEC. Um, He's got the football experience. He kind of knows what he's talking about, but not much professional experience leading up to the XFL. And that, again, was when he was was a coach in the XFL a couple years ago. Um, Bill, this is sort of like on the fly. Like, I don't know how you want to go about it. Um, I guess we can sort of take take names and kind of go back and forth, and I'll start us off here at quarterback. A quarterback to look out for with Arlington is Kyle Sloter. Uh, played at Southern Miss in Northern Colorado. He was an undrafted free agent in the NFL in 2017, uh, drafted by the Bron- or I'm sorry, signed by the Broncos. But he also played for a slew of teams: the Vikings, the Cardinals, the Lions, Bears, Raiders, and Jags. This guy is six foot five, 218 pounds. Uh, career stats at Northern Colorado: 198 for 319 passing attempts. That's good for 62% uh, completion rating. 2,656 yards with 29 touchdowns and 10 interceptions. He also had a stint in the USFL with the New Orleans Breakers, where he threw for nine touchdowns and 11 interceptions, along with 1,798 passing yards. Um, this is the only like depth chart that I could find, Bill, um, and it showed that Kyle Slaughter or Slaughter um, would be the starter. Um, of this depth chart. Now, don't don't take my word for that. That could be completely misconstrued. I think. That's um, true. Anything you want to add about Kyle Slaughter doing your research? No, I think that's true. I think, yeah, he was all USFL uh, and had terrible stats. I, I don't know how he got – that was voted by the players, by the way. Uh, and he – I 1,798 yards, nine touchdowns and 11 interceptions. Not good. Not good. I, I don't – good job, buddy. You were through more picks than touchdowns, but you're the best one in the league. I, I found somebody that's actually a little bit better but that played in the USFL. But the, Kyle Slaughter was voted the you know all USFL guy. So I think he's going to be your starter. Plus, looking at the other two quarterbacks on that team, they're not very good. So I don't, I don't see them being uh, guys that knock him off the top spot. All right, Bill, let's get your first player that you want to spotlight. Well, can we go over the other two quarterbacks? I've, I've just got stats on them. If we want to do that very quickly, yeah, yeah, go right ahead, yeah, zip through them. Uh, Kevin Anderson out of Fordham played at Fordham in 2014, 2017. He's out of Boca Raton, Florida. He played for the Orlando Apollos of the American Alliance of Football, where he had 32 touchdowns and 10 interceptions in 2015. I didn't really find anything else on him, and he wasn't very good at Fordham, so I'm really not sure why. I mean, as I, as I started Fordham to go through these rosters, <laughs> right? As I started to go through yeah. these rosters, I was actually like, is it hard to get players to play in the XFL? Because some of these guys. I'm not impressed. Like I, I, I'm pretty sure that if I had lost weight, I could have had the stats some of these guys did in college football. <laughs> They're pretty yeah. bad, but yeah, uh, not so good. Drew Plitt, qu- quarterback out of Ball State, is the other quarterback on the Arlington Renegades. Uh, played w- 
in Ball State from 2017 to 2021. So he's very young. I did uh, look up his draft status, his draft grade going into the draft last season. Uh, this was compared to Kenny Pickett, who scored in the high 80s and was probably the best quarterback coming out in the draft last season. Uh, Drew Plitt had a, rate, a score of 55, so probably not all that good. Uh, he did at Ball State have 9,061 yards, 68 touchdowns, and 30 interceptions. In 2019 alone, he had 2,918 yards, 24 TDs, and 7 picks. That was his best season. So I'm pretty sure that Mr. All-USFL Kyle Sloter is going to be your starter. I would agree. Um, yeah, some good stuff there. So now you get to see the quarterbacks, who they are, and why Kyle Sloter is probably going to be the starter here. Uh, let's move over to running back. I've got one that I want to spotlight. And he's a guy that played for two big-name colleges, and that's running back Keith Ford, uh, 5'10", 219-pound running back, uh, played at Oklahoma and Texas A&M. He was signed by the Bills as an undrafted free agent in 2018, also spent time for the Colts and Packers. Um, he did st start one game for the Buffalo Bills. In college, uh, combined 359 uh, carries for 1,700 43 rushing yards is good for 4.9 yards per, per carry, along with 24 touchdowns. He did have uh, a, a moderate success in the NFL. And by, by moderate, I mean the one game that he started. 21 <laughs> carries, 79 yards. He also tacked on three receptions for 21 yards in the NFL. So, some uh, again, played at, played at schools like Oklahoma and Texas A&M. Um, played in, in the Big 12. Played in the SEC. Uh, so, he's got some... Uh, Got some competition that he's played against, so I feel like he can be a strong running back for these Arlington Renegades. Bill, anything you want to add, or do you want to move on to a different running back, or you want to move to a different position? Well, I've got the other two running backs as well. I have their Let's statistics. Uh, Keith Ford does look like he probably is the starter there. The other one there that's that's a pretty, uh, pretty big guy is uh, Davion Smith, running back out of Michigan. Uh, in college, he had 49 car uh, 495 carries for 2,235 yards, 4.5 yards per carry. He did play for the Dolphins in 2017. He had three catches for 27 yards, but that was kind of his uh, lone NFL experience. He's kind of an old guy. You know, it was a while ago that he played, obviously, 2017 with the Dolphins. So uh, the other guy that I – and I do like this guy. If, if you watch college football, Adrian Killens, the running book back out of University of Central Florida – he played with them from 2016 to 2019, so he was with them through all those really crazy bowl games and and playing with the uh, the Griffin brothers there at UCF when they actually had yeah. some really good teams. He was actually pretty good. The problem is he's tiny. He's only 5'8", 164, so just about your height and weight, Ryan. And uh, By college, weight, that's funny. <laughs> in, college, in college, he, he had 407 carries for 2,459 yards, six yards per carry over the course of his career. Did end up in the NFL. He had one carry for the Eagles in 2020 for two yards, but then washed out, didn't make it anywhere else. I'm pretty sure it's probably because of his size, but he was electric at UCF. So I'm, I'm pretty excited to watch him play for the Arlington Renegades. So that's going to be something to watch. Yeah, it's funny you mentioned he's about my weight. I've got him by, by <laughs> just a couple of pounds. I thought you'd like Jeez. that. I thought I you'd like that. I appreciate the comparison, but um, I think, uh, I don't know. I feel like he could bench press me, and I wouldn't be able to, like, I don't know. I, I don't know. It's it's The comparison threw me off. I'm at a loss for words, and that doesn't happen very often. <laughs> so um, let's move over to wide receiver. There's a few on this roster, a couple to note here. Uh, let's first start with uh, Shad. Is it Monster? I'm guessing Monster. Um, a 5'11 wide receiver, 183 pounds, out of Boise State. 
2015 to 2018, 11 receptions, 1,487 receiving yards, 11 touchdowns. Uh, he was signed by the Ravens as an undrafted free agent. He never recorded a stat in the NFL, um, but I believe he might be a guy to look out for in this offense. Another one, I'm going to say LaJuan Winningham, uh, wide receiver out of Central Arkansas. At Central Arkansas, 123 receptions for 1,879 yards, 23 touchdowns. He was there from, 20, uh, from 2017 to 2020. He was first-team All-Southland Conference in 2019. He was an undrafted free agent for the Jags. And, again, no stats. Um, Bill, uh, who else you want to talk about from a wide receiver standpoint, or did I miss something on either one of Not, these guys? You hit good ones. I've got three more. So Tyler Vaughn's wide receiver out of USC. 200, uh, 222 receptions, 2,801 yards over the course of his career, 20 mm. touchdowns. Uh, he was actually on the Steelers practice squad this season, got cut, uh, but that's the last football he's seen. But he'll be out there for the Arlington Renegades. Uh, Rennell Hall, wide receiver out of UCF, another UCF player, 145 receptions for 2,051 yards, 14.1 average with nine touchdowns in four seasons at UCF. He did play, or I guess, suited up for one professional game but he didn't get any stats. And the last one, Brandon Arcanado, wide receiver out of Washington State in college, 82 receptions, 1,182 yards, eight touchdowns. In 2019 alone, he had 78 receptions, 1,109 yards, and seven TDs, but didn't latch on anywhere. So we'll have to watch him as well. So that's going to be – I think they have a pretty good wide receiver room. Going through some of these teams, I was like, what? They don't have any players. Like, who are they going to throw? Yeah, these guys, the, the Renegades, they have, they have wide receivers. No, I agree. Um, some some fun players to watch out for on this offense. Um, let's move over to tight end. I'm not. I don't, I don't know if we're going to go through linemen, offensive. Uh, I didn't do anything with tight end. I know the players. I didn't do any stats. Well, the one the one tight end that we'll talk about here, we're going to go with Sean Byer, six foot five, two hundred and ten pound tight end out of Iowa. Went to Iowa from 2016 to 2020. Finished his career 18 receptions, 275 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, last year, he was an undrafted, well, I guess two years ago, he was an undrafted free agent signed to the Broncos. Also spent time with the Vikings and Packers, but I believe he is slated to be the starting tight end for the Arlington Renegades. Um, we're going to move over to defense. Bill, I'm not sure how much defensive breaking down that you did. Um, there, are some, uh, there are some pretty big names on this defense. That, as a matter of fact, in special teams that we should mention. Um, I'm going to start off at linebacker here, um, and they're going to go to linebacker Will Clark. Uh, you'll probably remember that name, and, and I'll tell you why here in a second. Six foot six, two hundred and seventy-five pound linebacker, out of West Virginia, uh, second team All Big Twelve in twenty thirteen. Uh, one hundred and nine tackles. He had twenty eight tackles, twenty eight and a half tackles for loss, along with nine and a half sacks at West Virginia. He was a third round draft pick in twenty fourteen by the Cincinnati Bengals. He played for Cincinnati from fourteen to sixteen. Played for Tampa Bay for seventeen to eighteen. Uh, then he spent some time with the St. Louis Battlehawks in their first edition of the XFL back in 2020. Um, also played uh, for the Lions and Saints back in 20. Um, NFL stats, 37 tackles, seven sacks, two fumble recoveries. Uh, yeah, Will Clark's a big-time linebacker to have for an XFL team. Uh, Bill, I'm curious, did you break down a lot of defensive players? Did I jump ahead on you? I did not do a whole lot with defense. I just looked for some players that were familiar to me. I got um, Devontae Bosby, he was defensive back out of Pittsburgh State. He actually played the American Alliance of Football and was a good player uh, in that. I believe he played for – let me look him up here. 
he played for the New Jersey. Oh, I'm sorry. He also played for the New Jersey Generals in the USFL. So he's been bouncing around the minor leagues here for a little bit, but is considered a good player. Um, I believe, right, if I'm incorrect or not, I didn't really see them on the roster, but it, it listed Will Hill and Raheem Moore on the Arlington Renegades, which Will are Hill is, both. Yeah. Uh, oh, you said Will Hill, sorry. Uh, and Raheem Moore also, another guy that has NFL experience is going to be playing safety for the Renegades. Yeah, hadn't gotten to Will Hill yet, but you're all right. Let's go back. Let's go back to the cornerback here. Uh, Shakur Brown out of Michigan State, 5'10", 190-pound cornerback. Uh, first team All-Big Ten back in 2020. He was an undrafted free agent by the Steelers. We already talked about a guy who, who was on the Steelers practice squad at one point and didn't make the cut. So we get some time to show off this year to maybe sort of re, uh, re-audition for the NFL. And you mentioned Will Hill, uh, six foot three, 215 pound, a Florida Gator, Bill. Go Gators. Uh, 2008 to 2010. So you talk about a, He's an old. older guy. He's old. Yeah. <laughs> he won the 2009 National Championship of Florida. There you go. He was, Undrafted free agent to the New York Giants in 2012 and 2013 is where he played there. He was with the Ravens from 2014 to 2015. In the NFL, he had 221 tackles, a sack, three forced fumbles, two fumble recoveries, four interceptions, and three total defensive and special team touchdowns for Will Hill. So some some leadership, you know, some older leadership for the Arlington Renegades on this defense. Um, and then a, I, you'll never hear me talk a lot about punters on the show. But the punter for the Arlington Renegades is Marquette King. <laughs> um, he was first-team all-conference at Fort Valley State. He was a second-team all-pro in the NFL in 2016. He led yeah. the NFL in punt yards in 2014. Um, he averaged uh, 46.7 yards per punt um, along of a 72-yard punt in the NFL. Uh, so Marquette, yeah, Marquette King, man. Like There are so many good like kickers and punters in the NFL. I'm surprised that this guy's not there. But he's definitely going to show off here in the XFL. So good for them, especially if they wind up having to do a lot of punching here in Arlington. Uh, Bill, before we move on to the D.C. Defenders, is there anything you want to add about the Arlington Renegades led by Bob Stoops? I think their their running backs are really good and their wide receivers are really good. It's going to be really fun. I think they're going to be limited by their quarterback play. I, I know he is all USFL. I just don't see the stats. So I think it's going to be fun to watch that uh, to see if – we're right or not. I mean, yeah. but other than that, I think it's going to be pretty cool. They do have some good players at, uh, uh, you know, the, the skill positions. Yeah, you talk about uh, quarterback play. I'm curious who's going to play quarterback for the D.C. Defenders. Head coach Reggie Barlow. I'm not really familiar with Reggie Barlow. Do you know much about him? I, no. I didn't deep dive into the coaches all that much. Um, we're going to start off with quarterback here. Um, I don't know which one I want to talk about first. You There's, know a gonna... There's a lot. There's a lot. This this. This team is loaded with QBs that are interesting. Yeah, it's like when you when you draft when you draft an, a, a fantasy football team, like you don't need that many quarterbacks. But this team, this team's got them. Um, I'm gonna start off in the SEC. Jordan Taamu played for Ole Miss 2017 to 2019, a six foot three, 214 pound quarterback. Uh, in his career, 381 of 591 passing attempts. That's good for 64 and a half percent completion percentage for 5,600 yards. 30 touchdowns and 12 interceptions. His senior year at Ole Miss, he finished second in passing yards in the SEC, behind only the starting quarterback for the Miami Dolphins, Tua Tagovailoa. However, he was an undrafted free agent by the Texans, also spent time with Kansas City, Detroit, Washington, and Carolina. He played in the the USFL. He led the USFL in passing yards with the Tampa Bay Bandits in 2014. Uh, I'm sorry, not in passing yards, 2,014 passing yards 
and 14 touchdowns in that season in the USFL. Uh, Bill, is there anything you want to add about Jordan Tamu, or do you want to go to the next quarterback on this DC Defenders roster? I've got not a tremendous amount about Jordan Tamu. I, I mean, he he looks like a decent player, right? But I, out of the three, he's probably the you, you took the one that's the least interesting to me. I thought um, it was the most interesting because really the second leading passer in the in the SEC behind uh, Tua uh, in his senior year, and he hasn't had a whole lot of time to you know really show off his skills. I th- I don't think he's going to start, but I think he's got a chance to come in and 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 be the starting quarterback for DC defenders and show people what he's got. Right. Let's go to Eric King, who I guess comes out of Miami. He did start his career in Houston. Now I don't know if you know this, Ryan, but you're you're aware of Kyle Trask and Kyle Trask maybe the heir apparent to Tom Brady in, in Tampa Bay, right? So Eric mm. King played with Kyle Trask in high school. Kyle Trask never started a game in high school and got recruited to Florida. Now uh, that's an interesting statistic. Wow, the reason yeah. he didn't he didn't start a game in high school is because the Eric King was the starter. And he ended up going to Houston, then transferring to Miami. Now, he had an incredible, really did have an incredible college career. Between 2016 and 2021 in those two teams, he had 8,378 yards, 76 touchdowns, and 19 19 interceptions, which is really, really good. And he ended up with the Panthers and was released from the practice squad this season. The problem with Derek King is he's only 5'9". But he can run. But he can run. So, to me, he's an interesting prospect. I don't know how they're going to use him. But like I said, he is a super talented guy in high school when they were, I guess they were hoping he was going to grow. He was starting in front of Kyle Trask, who obviously has had much a much better career up until this point. So I think it'll be fun to watch to see what happens with Derek King in this league. Yeah, he's the shortest quarterback on this roster. Jordan Tamu is 6'3". The other yeah, quarterback, Eric, Eric Dungy, uh, is 6'4", 226 pounds out of Syracuse. In 2018, he was third-team All-ACC, finished his career with 786 completions of 1,279 passing attempts, 9,340 yards, 58 touchdowns, 30 interceptions, spent time with the Browns and Bengals after he was signed as an undrafted free agent by the Giants in 2019. I believe that Dungy is is slated to be the starter. Don't quote me on that, but I feel like if you talk about like if Tamu isn't isn't all that um, intriguing – and Derek King being five foot nine, but he can run. I think they're going to roll the dice with Eric Dungy um, at quarterback to start the season for the DC Defenders. It's going to be interesting. Um, it's going to be interesting. Yeah, you said they've, they've got some interesting quarterback choices. They've got a, an interesting running back here. Um, I'm going to go with the first uh, first running back on the list that I saw that I wanted to deep dive into, and that's Abram Smith. Yes, a five five foot eleven inch, two hundred twenty one pound running back out of Baylor. Baylor went to Baylor from 17 to 21. Uh, second team all Big 12 in 2021. Uh, 269 carries, 6.1 yard per carry for 1,647 rushing yards to go along with 13 touchdowns. So a bunch of yards, not a whole lot of scores. He was an undrafted free agent with the New Orleans Saints. But the thing to note about Abram Smith is that he was the number one overall pick in the 2023 XFL draft. So this guy was picked above any other player. When it comes to skill players in the XFL, Bill, anything you want to add about Abram Smith, or do you want to go into some other running backs before we get into wide receivers? In the draft that Abram Smith was coming out of for the NFL, he was ranked the 10th overall running back. He was predicted to go in round five and didn't get drafted. It's wild. So, and you'd like you said, number one overall pick in the XFL draft. But I'll take I'll tell you this. 
If you're going to take Abram Smith, I'm going to raise you Puka Williams Jr. Oh, yeah. Let's go with him. 2,382 yards, 5.7 average, and 12 TDs at Kansas. Two straight 1,000-yard seasons in 2018 and 2019 at Kansas. Did get into the NFL, played one game for the Cincinnati Bengals. Hasn't played in a few seasons, but who doesn't like a guy named Puka? Yeah, two-time first-team All-Big 12 in 2018 and 2019. He was the Big 12 Freshman of the Year. Um, he's little. Yeah, just yeah, he's yeah, he's a. Uh, it'll be interesting. I do like me some Puka Williams. I do. He's just little, 5'10", 164. He's he's about your height and weight, right? Yeah, here you go again. <laughs> Listen, if if I could if I could be five foot ten. Man, I would be a much happier person uh, yeah. than I am now, and I, I I wouldn't even worry about stretching out the weight. Five foot ten would give me another like four inches of height. Um, I could stretch out. Yeah, that, that's that'd a, be that's a little guy though. One sixty four at five ten. I mean, yeah, you can't put yeah. in any more weight than one sixty four. Wow, no, I, I'm with you, Bill. I didn't I didn't write down any uh, any receivers to to talk about. It wasn't a whole lot of guys that that I wanted to deep dive. Um. Why don't you tell us about some maybe maybe another running back on the roster and give us the wide receivers that we should look forward to talking to, uh, to looking at for the DC defenders. Uh, Artavis Pierce is another running back that's on that roster. Uh, he had six carries for Chicago in 2020, but from 2016 to 2019 at Oregon State, he had 2,127 yards and 15 touchdowns. So he had a pretty decent college career as well. Uh, Ryquel Armstead is the other running back on that roster. Nothing. Uh, he actually had some decent stats in the pros between 2019 and 2021. Uh, he didn't play in 2020, but in 2019 and 2021, he had a combined 50 carries for 188 yards in the pros, added another 17 receptions for 160 yards and two touchdowns in the pros. But that's between Jacksonville. Actually, that was with Jacksonville. So uh, 2,812 yards in four seasons at Temple with 34 touchdowns in those four seasons. So that guy can play two. So they have running backs there. Uh, wide receivers for the D.C. defenders, uh, you've got a bunch on this team, uh, but some of them not so impressive. Uh, Ezard Jaquez, Sam Houston State from 2018 to 2021. He had 118 receptions for 2,529 yards, a 21.4 average, 27 touchdowns. Yeah, that's that's pretty nice. I think one of the years, and I, I was going through his stats. One of the years, I want to say that he averaged like twenty nine yards per reception. It was something insane. So I don't know if this guy's like wild. super fast. Yeah, he had like sixteen hundred yards in one season, and then the other seasons weren't so great. But uh, yeah, other than that, you've got Josh Hammond out of Florida. He had eighty seven receptions for eleven hundred and thirty eight yards in his career, six touchdowns. Played two games with Jacksonville in two thousand twenty one, but nothing good there. Uh, and then Lucky Jackson. I mean, this is the team with the names. We got Puka and Lucky on the same team. <laughs> Lucky Jackson from 2015 to 2019 had 209 receptions for 2,680 yards and 12 touchdowns at Western Kentucky. So he can play. Uh, also, Josh Malone, 2017 to 2020, played with Cincinnati and the New York Jets, had 11 receptions for 91 yards and a touchdown in the league. So we've got some NFL experience as well in this roster. So I. Man, this is what makes it fun, man. There's just guys all over the place, guys that want to rejuvenate their careers all at different ages. Uh, you know, it's just Josh Malone's only 26 years old. He played in the league. Uh, you got Lucky Jackson, has great stats at Western Kentucky. He's only 25. So yeah. he could definitely, you know, revive his career. Uh, so that's, I mean, that's honestly what makes me excited about these lower leagues that, you know, these, these basically these minor leagues where these, these players are trying to make it happen. 
Yeah, and listen, I didn't do a lot of deep diving into the defense. Matter of fact, I didn't do any deep diving into this defense because none of the names stuck out. But I did want to mention their tight end, Trey Berry, um, because it might sound familiar to you, Bill. And if it doesn't, I'll let you know why it should. A six foot six, two hundred and forty five pound tight end. I played at Boston College and Jacksonville State, the other Gamecocks. But he's a former third round pick from the Miami Dolphins. Yeah, that's uh, the one you told me about earlier, and I was like, I don't never heard of him. <laughs> yeah. So it'll be interesting Terrible. to see what he can contribute to that to that offense. But um, that's all I've got for the DC defenders. Um, Bill, is there anything you want to add before we move on to Houston? I don't think so. In everything that I read about the DC defenders, nobody talked about their defense, which is weird because well, that's the name yeah. of the team. So it's the, apparently the DC defenders forgot to get any good defenders. I think that's kind of where we're at. But everybody talked about how many quarterbacks they have, which I think is what this they they said they invested a lot in the quarterbacks. So it's, this will be an interesting roster. It'll be interesting to see how many three three quarterback sets that they run in that offense. Um, It'll be interesting. It's an interesting strategy, Cotton. Let's see if it works out for them. Right. Um, but, but nevertheless, yeah, that's there's your DC defenders. Probably not a lot to look out look out for on the defensive side, but uh, maybe we'll get proven wrong here this weekend. Uh, moving right along here, the Houston Roughnecks, the team that I adopted as my team back in 2020 before COVID shut down the league, led by former Dallas Cowboys head coach Wade Phillips, is the head coach of these Houston Roughnecks. Um, I only broke down a couple quarterbacks. Let's start off with the guy from Western Michigan and Caleb Ellaby, six foot one, 210 pound quarterback. He played at Western Michigan from 20, 2018 to 2021. He was a second team all Mac uh, in 2021. Uh, finished his career with 2,791 passing yards, 22 touchdowns, five interceptions. So the stat line isn't great, uh, but he did throw for almost 3,000 yards at a school like Western Michigan. Uh, not not a slouch by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, Bill, anything you want to add, or you want to move on to another quarterback here for the Houston Roughnecks? I think that's your starter. I think you're right on that one. I think is going to be the starter there. Uh, out of the three guys, none of them really have any real experience in any other league, uh, like maybe the NFL. But uh, out of the players that are there, they're all from fairly small school schools, Western Michigan, Hawaii, and Troy. And none mm -hmm. of them stand out like Ellaby does. So I think Cole McDonald and Brandon Silvers, they'll be on the bench. Ellaby will be your starter. Yeah, Cole McDonald's the only other guy that caught my eye. He was six foot four, 220 pounds out of Hawaii. Uh, went was in Hawaii from 16 to 19. In 2019, he was second team all Mountain West Conference. He was also the 2019 Hawaii Bowl MVP. So he's got Ooh. some bowl game experience. Um, believe it or not, he was also a seventh round draft pick by the Tennessee Titans. In 2020, uh, never really played in the league. He did play for the Toronto uh, Toronto in the in the Canadian Football League, uh, four of eight for 45 yards and in interception in the CFL. Um, but if you, I think if you had a if you had to compete between Ellaby and McDonald, those are your two guys that you're going to want to look out for for the Houston Roughnecks. Um, Bill, I didn't go deep into running backs here, so why don't you tell us about the running backs here for the Houston Roughnecks? Oh, I'm excited about one. I actually I actually highlighted them in red on my list, right? So. Max Borgie, running back out of Washington State, played from 2018 to 2021. Stats galore, 369 attempts, 220, 158 yards, 5.8 average in college. Now, this is in the Pac-12 with yeah. 32 touchdowns. He also added 156 receptions for 1,134 yards and nine touchdowns. In 2019 alone, he had 1,414 yards from scrimmage and 16 TDs. 
Ooh, so this guy can play. Yeah, he can yeah. play. Uh, I think he was probably a little on the slow side, and that's probably what didn't end up getting you know him into the NFL. But uh, dude put stats together at Washington State, and it, like I said, in the Pac-12. So I, I'm, I'm excited to watch him. Uh, another good player, Nick Holly, running back out of Kent State. He played there from 2013 to 2017, so he's a bit of an older guy. But he had 389 carries for 1,776 yards, 4.6 average, and 14 touchdowns in his college career. Other than that, they've got a guy named Bryson Aline from Delaware State and another guy from, from Delaware, Dejun Lee. So they don't really log stats for teams that are that small on the internet. You'd have to dig really deep, and I wasn't willing to do that with a guy that I'm excited about in Max Borgie. I'm right there with you, man. I'll tell you a guy that uh, you were able to, to find something on, moving on to wide receivers here. As wide receiver Deontay Burnett, six foot, uh, six foot clear, six feet tall, 186-pound wide receiver, played at Southern Cal. Uh, second team all packed 12 back in 2017. Uh, he had a huge Rose Bowl that year. 13 receptions, 164 yards, and three touchdowns Ooh. in the 2017 Rose Bowl. Dang. He was an undrafted free agent signing by the Titans in 2018. Also spent some time with the Jets, 49ers, and Eagles. Uh, but this guy's shown that he can, he can have a big game for you. Um, which is why I think you should be looking out for Deontay Burnett here for the Roughnecks. Uh, Bill, who who what receivers did you uh did you pick out you wanted to look at for, for these uh for these Houston Roughnecks? Honestly, there are just a few. Uh, and actually another Washington State guy, Travell Harris, played for Washington mm -hmm. State from 2018 to 2021. His career looks like this: 179 receptions. 1,999 yards. Come on, Dad. I just need one more yard to get 2,000. Come on. <laughs> one more. 11.2 yards average, 17 touchdowns. Uh, and they also have Cedric Bird, wide receiver out of Hawaii from 2018 to 2019. He actually had 177 receptions and for 2,067 yards and 19 TDs in three seasons, or actually two seasons. So that he might be able to play. It's interesting going through the rosters. There's another thing that I found – fascinating is some players have done it and they've kind of proven themselves and then other players you're like hey th this is the xfl giving these guys an opportunity and another one of those guys is john trey kirkland out of lsu well hey man you got a guy out of lsu that sounds great he was probably a stud no he wasn't he only had 20 catches for 313 yards 15.7 yards and three touchdowns but he's on the roster man and he finished his career at lsu in 2021 you probably don't hurt if you unless you're an lsu fan you probably don't remember him Let's see what he can do. He's there. So, but, you know, maybe he does something and maybe he ends up, you know, making something out of his career. I mean, he's no Justin Jefferson or Jamar Chase, but maybe he turns into that in the XFL. Exactly. Exactly. He was buried by some pretty good talent at that school. Yeah. Um, you know, moving over to the defensive side, a couple guys that I wanted to, I wanted to, to point out here. First of all, linebacker. Um, this guy has a Super Bowl ring, Bill. A linebacker, Tim Ward, six foot six, 255 pounds. Out of Old Dominion in college, 125 tackles, 30 and a half tackles for loss with 14 sacks and eight pass breakups. He was an undrafted free agent by the Chiefs in 2019. Oh. So he has he has a Super Bowl ring for Super Bowl LIV. Uh, also played for the Jets and Packers. But this guy has a Super Bowl ring. So he knows what it takes. He's seen those practices by the Chiefs here that they won their Super Bowl um, to, to know what, what sort of effort he needs to put in to this defense. Um, staying at linebacker, another guy that, that kind of stands out here, Emmanuel Ellerby, a six foot one, two hundred and thirty-five pound linebacker out of Rice, finished his career with two hundred and seventy-three tackles, sixteen and a half sack uh, tackles for loss, 
I should say, five sacks, five fumble recoveries. At Rice, he was first all team, a first team all conference USA in both 2016 and 2017. He signed as an undrafted free agent with the Falcons, but also spent time with the Chargers, Seahawks, and Texans. Um, and then moving to safety, a guy who was, believe it or not, a number uh, a number 58 overall pick in the NFL draft, a second round pick, and that's Sean Davis out of Maryland, a six foot one, two hundred and two pound uh, safety. Uh, and Maryland, 319 tackles, five interceptions with two and a half sacks. Um, again, drafted in the second round to the Steelers in 2016. He started at safety for the Steelers in 2019, but he also spent some time with the Washington football team, the Colts, Bengals, and Patriots. He was a fifth-round draft pick in the XFL draft when they started going to, uh, I believe, the, the defensive – I don't know if it was defensive side, it was linebackers, secondaries, whatever the case was. Um, but nevertheless, some guys that, that – Know what it takes to play defense at a high level on this on this uh, Houston Roughnecks team, Bill. I've anything that we missed, add, Ryan. I've got one yeah. Let's go. So I, I, as you're doing the defense, I really didn't do much on defense. So I'm just kind of taking a look at what people are saying or or what ex, other experts because we're experts too, right? Uh, but at this point, people, we should be. Yeah, that's right. These people are saying they actually expect the only quarterback we did not mention to be the starter week one. Wow, no way. His name is of Brandon course. Silvers, QB out of Troy. He played at Troy from 2014 to 2017. And at Troy, he threw for 10,677 yards, 71 touchdowns, and 29 interceptions. Out of the three quarterbacks that they have on the roster, the experts expect the quarterback with the lowest passer rating in college football to be the starter. I don't understand it. But that's what they're going to say. Listen, Wade Phillips didn't have a great track record with quarterbacks in Dallas either. So yeah. let's uh, let's take that in consideration. Okay. Um, I that's just want to add that in there. Yeah, no, it's, it's a, a nice addition because we didn't feature the guy that's expected <laughs> to be the starter. So, so much for it our makes expertise. No sense. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't. Um, moving along here because we got a long show for you here because we're, we're just getting through halfway through the teams of the XFL. Let's go to uh, – the team, team that you've adopted is My your team. XFL go. team. Uh, the Orlando Guardians, led by head coach Terrell or Terrell Buckley. Does that name it's sound familiar to you, Terrell Bill? Terrell Buckley. Terrible Buckley is their quarterback or their coach. You don't remember Terrible, Terrible Buckley. Buckley? Oh, man. I think he has like 27 interceptions in the NFL. He played for the – I know he played for the Dolphins for a while. He was Yeah, you're starting to, it's starting to come back to yeah, me. Yeah, Terrell so. Terrible Buckley came out of Florida State. Was great in college. I think he came out just after Deion Sanders came out, and they actually act like he was the next coming of Deion Sanders. He was not, but he was darn good. And I, I'm pretty sure he he ended up with a lot of a lot of picks in the NFL. Uh, but a good player. They, but they used to call him Terrible Buckley. I don't, I don't know why. He was a good player. Well, well, now he's the head coach of the Orlando Guardians of the XFL. And you talk about quarterbacks with big names. There is not a quarter. Uh, there might be there might be one quarterback in the XFL with a name as big as who should be the starting quarterback for the Orlando Guardians, and that's Paxton Lynch. You heard that right. Paxton Lynch, six foot seven, 245-pound quarterback out of Memphis, 758 out of 1,205 passing attempts for 8,863 yards, 59 touchdowns, 23 interceptions in college. Finish, you like passer ratings, 137.0 passer rating. Combine that with 687 rushing yards and 17 rushing touchdowns. He tied an FBS record with seven touchdowns in one half during his college career, but he is most famous for being a first-round pick, the number 26 
overall pick by the Denver Broncos in 2016. If your timeline matches up, that's about the same time that the Broncos were looking at replacing Hall of Fame quarterback Peyton Manning. He was drafted as the third quarterback in that draft behind Jared Goff and Carson Wentz. In the NFL, he finished a 61.7% completion percentage, four touchdowns, four interceptions, with a mere 792 passing yards. Bill, um, this is a true redemption opportunity for Paxton Lynch. Would you would you agree? I agree, but I think you and I could do a, an entire show on why John Elway should not be a general manager in the NFL. Uh, this would probably be up in the top three reasons the Paxton Lynch draft pick makes zero sense. He did not have great college stats. He had some moxie. You know, he he looked good a couple times. Like you said, he, he scored seven touchdowns and a half. That's pretty amazing. But other than that, his longevity wasn't great. With that being said, he actually wasn't horrible in the NFL. His career passer rating in the NFL is 76.7, which is pretty much on par with a lot of guys like Peyton Manning in the first couple of years. Uh, but he had four touchdowns, four interceptions, and went one and three, and then really never got another chance. But, I mean, it's going to be interesting. Like you said, a redemption opportunity? Absolutely. Let's see what he can do. Yeah, um, I think it was the six foot seven. Because you remember, uh, Elway also liked Brock Osweiler, who was like six foot six, six yeah. foot seven. Yeah. So he, despite the fact that Elway wasn't like that really tall guy, he loves him some tall quarterbacks. Um, another quarterback that should be mentioned is DeAndre Francois, a six foot one, 220 pound quarterback out of Florida State. Now, this is sort of a controversial quarterback here. He was the ACC rookie and offensive rookie of the year in 2016. Uh, he played for Florida State from 2015 to 2018, with his final season being played at Hampton in 2019. I uh, finished his college career with 686 attempt, uh, completions of 1,190 attempts for 8,813 yards, 62 touchdowns and 35 interceptions, uh, but there was a domestic dispute at Florida State uh, in 2019 that resulted in him being dismissed from the program. I don't believe charges were ever filed as the as, as the person involved in the dispute uh, withdrew the uh, the complaint, but nevertheless would finish his career at Hampton and did not make it into the NFL. Um, but he, I mean, he had, he had high expectations. He came in after Jameis Winston, and they thought this guy was going to be the next thing. And, you know, off the field issues just sort of overtook him. Bill, what do you have to say about DeAndre Francois? Or do you want to talk about the other quarterback on this roster? He stinks. Like, who cares? Florida State, they were bad when he showed up, and they're bad. You know, now they're finally getting better. But Oh, you sound like a gator. (laughs) (laughs) Chop this, all right? But, uh, (laughs) I mean – what do you got to say about it? He he showed up when they weren't very good, and he didn't win the starting job. So let's see what he can do here. Maybe he's grown up a little bit. Maybe he's learned how to play quarterback, but not likely. Paxton Lynch is probably going to be your starter, and they have one other guy on the roster that was from Central Michigan that actually had better career stats than DeAndre Francois. That guy's name is Quentin Dormady. But again, Paxton Lynch probably your starter. All right, Bill, I'm going to let you take us off with the running backs because I didn't do a whole lot of research on the running backs. I went straight to wide receivers. So uh, tell us tell us about the running backs for the Orlando Guardians. They have one. There's one decent running back on this roster. Uh, it, they actually only have two listed, uh, which the, the one is Jamaine Martin, um, and he is 5'9", 215. 
you want to know the only statistic I have on him is his 40 time. He ran a 4.67 at his pro day. So I don't know if he was dragging a truck or what was happening, but he's not fast. Uh, Devin Darrington played two th- in 2021 at Virginia as senior running back. He had uh, 30, 32 carries for 237 yards and two touchdowns. Those are your running backs on the the, Orla- the Orlando team. The Guardians don't have much to show for it. I don't – reading about this team, they don't have much of a roster either. So I picked them without knowing who they had, so I feel terrible because I'm going to be a, a suffering fan this season of the XFL. Yeah, the running backs, that's that's why I didn't do a whole lot of research in the running backs because they only had bad. two listed. It's bad. Um, you go to wide receivers. I didn't write a whole lot of stats here. The first wide receiver that stood out was because I recognized the name because he played again. I mentioned earlier in the show there was a guy who played for Oklahoma, Texas A&M, and Keith Ford. This guy played for Oklahoma and Miami. Charleston Rambo, a six foot one, 185-pound wide receiver. Again, played at Oklahoma from 2017 to 2020, and then Miami – in 2021, he was an undrafted free agent for the Panthers. I did not write down his stats in college. Uh, but the wide receiver to me that stands out, he's a smaller a smaller wide receiver, um, but he's got some NFL experience. And Eli Rogers, 5'10", uh, 180-pound wide receiver out of Louisville. At Louisville, finished 176 reception for 2,020 yards and 12 touchdowns. He was an undrafted free agent to the Steelers in 2015. Finished his NFL career, uh, at least up to this point his NFL career, 78 receptions, 822 yards, and four touchdowns. Yeah. So a lot of experience in the NFL. Um, he was a 13-round draft pick in the USFL draft, and he was a first-round draft pick uh, draft in the XFL 2023 supplemental draft. Um, and I don't want to get into a whole lot of details because we got a lot to go over here. Um, but the supplemental draft is after they went through and drafted quarterbacks, position players, skill players and all that stuff. They had a supplemental draft, and he was taken in that draft. Uh, Bill, is there any other wide receivers you want to kind of speak over? Do you want to expand on either Charleston Rambo or Eli Rogers? Honestly, no. I think that you hit the guys that are going to be the players. They had two teammates from Mississippi State, Stephen Guidry and Dedrick Thomas, that are going to be playing on the team. Neither one of them have an amazing amount of statistics to really get excited about. They're both pretty average players in college. Uh, Javante Payton, also so Mississippi State transfer that, that played at Tennessee, average in college, not exciting. Uh, I think you picked it up. It's Eli Rogers and, and Charleston Rambo are going to be your your players that are on that team. They did have a guy, Andrew Jamil, that played in the fan-controlled football league. I don't know if you remember that. Terrell Owens played in that league as well. Uh, he played for the, and yes, this is a name, the Glacier Boys. Uh-huh. <laughs> There's no wonder wonder I've never heard of that league. Yes. There's also also a league called the Spring League, which I don't think has a TV deal, so we don't see much about it. But in the 2022 season for the Glacier Boys, Jamil had 21 receptions for 323 yards, eight touchdowns, and four extra points. I don't know how they run their extra points there. Uh, He did have a workout on July 25th, 2022 to play for the Patriots. Didn't make the team. So not a whole lot going on, but that's – that's a little, you can you can see if Jamil does anything or Andrew Jamil does anything in in the uh, the XFL. We'll see what happens. Well, I'll tell you one. You want to know a contributor that's going to be on this offense, uh, and that is tight end. He played wide receiver. He was a former wide receiver, and this this guy is I know going to be a contributor for this team. Another Super Bowl champion playing in the mm-hmm. XFL. Mm-hmm. He has been moved to tight end for the Orlando Guardians. And this Cody Latimer, tiny tiny foot, tiny head tight end. Yeah, <laughs> He's really small. A six foot three, two hundred and twenty two pound tight end 
out of Indiana, 135 receptions, 2,042 yards, 17 touchdowns as a wide receiver at Indiana. Uh, he was he was there from 2011 to 2013. He was also a two-time All-Big Ten in 2012 and 2013. He was a second-round draft pick by the Denver Broncos in 2014, and he won Super Bowl 50 with the Denver Broncos. He also spent time with the Giants and Washington football team. He His NFL career to date, 70 receptions, 935 yards, and six touchdowns. So another guy who knows what it takes to practice uh, at a high level to win a Super Bowl playing for another XFL team. Um, Bill, we got some defense, defensive players I'm going to go through really quick because, again, they're big names. Uh, let's start off at the defensive line. A guy out of Georgia by way of Louisville, Josh Harvey Clements, six foot four. 245-pound defensive lineman, again, spent 2012 and 13 with Georgia and 2014 to 16 with Louisville. He was a seventh-round draft pick by the Washington football team in 2017, taking number 230 overall. He has 41 tackles, one-and-a-half sacks, and four pass deflections in the NFL. Uh, but, again, uh, big schools that he played for, specifically Georgia. Um, and then you move on to safety, and we get another Florida Gator here. Let's go. Um, he this this guy's a little more uh, a little more controversial. We talked about DeAndre Coins a minute ago. Matt Elam, five foot ten, two hundred eight pound safety out of the University of Florida, two thousand ten to two thousand twelve. He was a first team All American and All SEC player back in twenty twelve. He finished his college career with one hundred and seventy six tackles, fifty five sacks, or I'm sorry, five sacks. Excuse me, five sacks, not fifty five. That'd be way too many for a safety. 23 and a half tackles for loss with three six with three forced fumbles and six interceptions. He was a first round draft pick by the Baltimore Ravens in 2013. However, he would be arrested for drugs and battery. It was a dispute with his girlfriend that would eventually be dismissed. He was released by the Ravens following these charges. He was an 11th round draft pick uh, in the defensive back draft here by the Orlando Guardians, sort of a chance for him to redeem himself as well from an off-the-field standpoint to show some maturity and growth here uh, for Orlando. And then just one other guy that I wanted to bring up just for you, Bill, uh, another punter that we're going to talk about, Johnny Townsend, a Florida Gator, uh, the all-time punting record and highest average in the NCAA until broken in 2021. He was second-team All-American in 2016. Another guy, because you remember uh, – the punter we talked about a minute ago was was drafted and, and played for, for the Raiders. Johnny Townsend was a fifth-round pick by the Raiders in 2018. They love their He's, kickers, man. He was an NFL journeyman for eight different teams. He averaged 43.2 yards of punt in the NFL. His brother is the punter for the Super Bowl-winning Kansas City Chiefs. So uh, some punting lineage there once again. Uh, considering they don't have any running backs to speak of, and it's curious to see what their quarterbacks are going to do. Maybe they can run the punter. Maybe they're, they're going to be relying on Johnny Townsend a little more yeah. than we might we might expect. Bill, before we move on to San Antonio, anything else that you want to add about your Orlando Guardians? I'm sad. They're terrible. <laughs> I don't good. know. Listen, they can be really surprising. We'll, we'll see. Uh, we'll have to see. So moving right along here, I believe we have uh, four, three, four more teams to go. So we're halfway through. So appreciate y'all sticking around for an extra long episode breaking down the XFL. Let's move right along here to the San Antonio Brahmas. If you're not a, if you're not familiar with what a Brahma is, the Rocks one of the Rocks nicknames in WWE was the uh, Brahma Bull. 
Um, and it's so, a bowl. or he matter. Yeah, he it's also a had a tattoo of a Brahma bull on his it's arm a bull. for the longest time. We don't have to talk about the Rock. It's a bull. Well, the Rock is a co-owner of the XFL, so you kind of have it's to a bull. bring in. Nevertheless, uh, this San Antonio Brahmas are led by Heinz Ward, Super Bowl hey. wide receiver, former quarterback at Georgia. Um, he is leading the San Antonio Brahmas. Um, there are some big names on this roster. Um, I've only wrote down five. Um, one isn't necessarily a big name for anybody but myself. We'll get there. At quarterback, I'm going to start off with Jack Cohn, mm. um, who I believe has probably got the best shot to start here. Six foot three, 221-pound uh, quarterback out of Wisconsin, 2017 to 2020. He also played one year for Notre Dame. Finished his college career for 550 completions out of 823 attempts. That's good for right at 67% completions. 6,428 yards with 48 touchdowns and 15 interceptions. He was an undrafted free agent last year by the Colts, was waived in August. Uh, Bill, anything you want to add about Jack Cohn, or do you want to talk about the other quarterbacks here for San Antonio? Oh, Jack Cohn is going to be your starter. I think that's obvious. I think it's pretty obvious. That's a good pick to, to start with him. There, there's a uh, – well, let's just say this. Jawan Pass is the other another quarterback on the roster. He's actually expected to be the backup. He is from Prairie View A&M, but his career – uh, was mainly at Louisville, uh, where he passed for 2,545 yards, uh, 14 touchdowns, and 13 interceptions. They also have a guy that I really like uh, via the Miami Dolphins. Reed Sinet came out of San Diego, uh, San Diego State, I believe. And his only season as a starter, Sinet completed 66.9% of his passes. He had 3,528 yards, 32 touchdowns, and 10 interceptions, while also rushing, rushing for 174 yard, four yards and six touchdowns. He was named first team all PFL and a finalist for the Walter Payton Award that season. Went undrafted, went to the Dolphins, and threw for 300 yards in a preseason game. So I really like the guy. He's been on the Dolphins practice squad for a bit. They finally cut him earlier this year uh, in November, but he's, I believe, going to be your third string quarterback, which I am shocked by. But I believe that the reason they're going obviously they're going to be going to start Jack Cohn is because he's young. He, this is his opportunity to redeem his career just coming out of college uh, and being undrafted and signing with the Colts and, and not quite making it so far. He's going to go to the XFL and see if he can showcase his talents. Yeah, I mean, the first run around with the XFL, we saw P.J. Walker show out. Right. And start uh, for a long time with the Panthers. By a long time, I mean, he started many a game with the Carolina Panthers. So Jack Cohn may be that guy that comes out as a rookie, shows out in the XFL, and wins him an opportunity to play in the NFL next season. Yep. Uh, but I digress. Some, some decent quarterbacks on this roster. Um, Bill, this is probably – I don't know how to say this without being, like, just absolutely biased because he's not like he played at Carolina – it's not like he played for my Lions or he played for the Panthers. But I think this guy could be vying for the XFL MVP this year. Uh -oh. And that is running back Kalen Balage. Oh, you're so wrong. Six foot two, 231 pound running back. Uh, played at Arizona State from 2014 to 2017. Finished his college career with 450 carries, 1,984 yards, and 27 touchdowns. He tied an FBS record. Eight touchdowns in a single game against Texas Tech back in 2016. That's eight touchdowns in one game against Texas Tech. Um, he was a fourth-round pick by your Miami Dolphins, number 131 overall. 
Um, and he finishes NFL, or at least his NFL career to this day, 665 yards. Not a very good yards per carry average at 3.1. He had Not a very touchdowns. good yards per carry average at 3.1? Are you being yeah. nice to him right now? Yes, I am. I'm, going, I'm getting there. Seven touchdowns, right. 54 receptions, 293 yards. The Miami Dolphins spoke very highly of Kalen Balaj. When they drafted uh, him. When they drafted him, um, he, they, they liked him in practice. For whatever reason, he couldn't <laughs> find his way onto the field. Um, Matthew Barry, a fantasy football fame, was all over Kalen Balaj and just knew that at some point Kalen Balaj was going to get an opportunity to showcase his talents for the Miami Dolphins, and that didn't happen. But I think coming out, coming out, of, out of Miami – playing for San Antonio, he's got a chip on his shoulder, and I think he's going to show everybody what he wanted to show in Miami. And I like I like Kalen Balaj as an early as an early XFL MVP candidate. Well, Bill, you know obviously why, you disagree. Do you know why he couldn't showcase his talents on the field? He couldn't stop have- – well, he was trying to get onto the field, but he couldn't stop running into the Miami Dolphins defenders on the sideline, which is exactly what he did when he got on the field. He just kept running – so have you ever seen horses when they run like thoroughbred horses, they run races and they have those blinders on? That's how Kalen Balaj runs in the <laughs> NFL. He doesn't cut. He just goes into a hole, smashes into a dude and falls down. That's all he did. 3.1 yards per carry is horrific. You basically just have to go to the line of scrimmage and fall down to get 3.1 yards per carry. He's not a good player. He's not a good player. He also spent time with the Jets in Pittsburgh. They didn't like him either. So I don't think he's he's going to start. I think it matters whether or not they have a an offensive line. Maybe that will help him a little bit. And and yes, he is a talented guy compared to some of the other players in this league. But John Hilleman, the player playing behind him, has 30 carries in that for 91 yards for the Giants in 2019. He's not horrible. Jacques Patrick, running back out of Florida State, played for them from 2015 to 2018. He averaged 4.9 yards per carry and 17 TDs with 1,790 yards in college. So they've got talent for running back. Once Kalen Balaj, once they realize he can't see the field, they're going to bench him and there's going to be another player playing running back. I'll tell you who could have used Kalen Balaj. That's my prediction. That's my prediction. I think I think Orlando would have done really well if they'd been able to get Kalen Balaj. <laughs> Probably true. <laughs> I mean, but, we, we should sign he, up. They just don't have any running backs. And he could have stayed in the state of Florida. He would have never oh, had to leave. Oh, oh. Yeah, they uh, he obviously loves it down there. It's really good. Yeah. Um, moving over to wide receiver for San Antonio, the one receiver that I that I wrote down was a guy that I recognized his name from when he played at Mississippi State, and that's Fred Brown, yeah. a six foot one hundred and ninety five pound wide receiver. Finishes Mississippi State career, 50 receptions, 785 yards, and five touchdowns. Uh, sort of a, a, a journeyman here in the in the NFL, too. Undrafted free agent by the Colts. Played for the Rams, Broncos, and Titans, but he only has two receptions of 21 yards in the NFL to hang his hat on. Bill, I'm sure you've got some more to talk about some of the other wide receivers here for San Antonio. Well, they just don't have a tremendous amount. They Honestly, they don't have a ton of experience with their wide receivers. Landon Akers from Iowa State only had 38 catches in college. That's not mm-hmm. a ton. Uh, and then the, I guess the one that has the most, uh, there's actually two that you want to kind of talk about. There's one that actually made it to the NFL, Jalen Tolliver, wide receiver, receiver out of Arkansas. Words are hard, Ryan. 2018, yeah. he played for Arizona. He he had three catches for 37 yards in the pros. So he's played in the NFL. But the one that I like to look at is TJ Vasher, wide receiver out of Texas Tech. He actually had 146 catches for 1,983 yards and 21 touchdowns in college. So he actually has some college experience. Looked like he had some talent as well. Uh, but other than that, they just don't – it's pretty wide, thin wide receiver room. Yeah, uh, listen, 
I think that San Antonio's offense is going to be good, not great. They've got some some experience to talk about, but not you know nothing nothing to write home about. Um, won't go much too much farther into them. I will mention two other players. Um, you know, I, I always, if nothing more, uh, I, I consider myself a homer. And I know when we started looking at the XFL teams, I said there were no Gamecocks in the league, and I was wrong. <laughs> uh oh, there is a defensive end for the San Antonio Brahmas by the name of Kobe Smith, a six foot two, three hundred and twelve pound defensive end. Played at South Carolina from 2016 to 2019, the much champ years. Uh, he was an undrafted free agent by the Titans, then played for the Bucks, Eagles, and Falcons. Another guy who has a Super Bowl ring. He won. He was part of the roster for the Tom Brady Tampa Bay Buccaneers oh. Super Bowl championship in 2020. So another That's guy amazing. who was able to witness what it took to practice to win a Super Bowl. And Kobe Smith, a defensive end. And the third punter, that's right, the third punter that I'm going to talk about here, Brad Wing, a name that should resonate with college football fans. He yes. played at LSU. He was second-team All-SEC in 2011. He was an undrafted free agent by the Eagles, played for the Steelers and Giants. He was the first college football player to be penalized for the new taunting rules on scoring plays. Um, and that was one of the one of his his claims to fame. That's I can't Brad believe Wing. you've brought up three punters. I what know is, what is happening right now. It's the XFL, baby. Anything goes. <laughs> <laughs> three um, so, uh, Bill, let's move on from San Antonio to the Seattle Sea Dragons, which I'm surprised is not the team that you've chosen. No, uh, but we're an awful football name. I'm sorry, that's terrible. I, I love the Seattle Sea Dragons. Oh, oh man. They are led by longtime, longtime uh, NFL personality Jim Hazlitt. Uh, are the Seattle Sea Dragons? I did not write a lot of uh, notes for this team. Um, I wrote down one quarterback, one running back, and a and a notable wide receiver for this team. Let's start off at quarterback. Uh, the quarterback I wanted to get into is Ben DiNucci, a six foot go. two, two hundred and twelve pound quarterback. Uh, played at James Madison from twenty eighteen to twenty nineteen. He was. An AFCA first-team All-American in 2019. He was also first-team All-CAA in 2019. A third-team All-CAA in 2018. Um, but before he played for James Madison, he played for Pittsburgh from 2015 to 2017. Um, he lost his job to eventual starter Kenny Pickett. I thought it was pretty interesting to know that that's where he was transferred away to James Madison. He was also CAA Offensive Player of the Year in 2019, he was a seventh-round draft pick by the Dallas Cowboys in 2020, number 231 overall in college. He completed uh, 479 passes, 500 uh, sorry, 5,716 yards and 45 touchdowns. But to note, like he was the guy in Pittsburgh until Kenny Pickett comes along, who is now the starting quarterback for the Pittsburgh Steelers, and now Ben DiNucci gets his shot to showcase his talents in the XFL for the Seattle Sea Dragons. Bill. Anything you'd like to add about Ben DiNucci, or is there anybody else that you'd like to spotlight here at quarterback? Did you give that DiNucci actually did play a game for the Dallas Cowboys? I, you know, I did. I didn't write it down, but I know that he did. 2020, played one game. He lost the game, of course. Uh, 23 for 43, 53.5% completion percentage, 219 yards, passer rating of 67.9, and his only NFL experience washed out of the league. 
That's unfortunate. They also have Harrison Frost on the roster from West Georgia. Nobody even knows who he is, and I couldn't find any information about the poor guy. They also have Steven Montez, quarterback out of Colorado, played there from 2015 to 2019. Pretty good player. Had 9,700 yards passing, had 63 touchdowns and 33 interceptions. So if Danucci doesn't play well, and they do expect him to be the starter week one, I think Montez is a guy you might want to look at, maybe come in and uh, see if he can do anything for the Seattle Sea Dragons. I do like I do like Montez as, as the backup to Danucci. Um, the only running back that I wrote down, um, there's again, we've mentioned there's some controversial players in the XFL. Oh, uh, DeAndre Francois. We talked about who uh, Matt Elam. Uh, this running back is uh, is on the roster. Let's just say that he was dismissed uh, from the University of Indiana as a running back. He was dismissed after sexually assaulting another student. Mm. Um, and he is on this roster for the Seattle Sea Dragons. I did not write any of the stats down. Uh, it was just to note that, like, I I guess the XFL is, a, is the land of second chances um, that, when it comes to off-the-field incidents. Is that Morgan Ellison? Yeah, Morgan Ellison. Okay, I do, I do have his stats for you, Ryan. 143 carries, 704 yards, 4.9 per carry, six touchdowns in 2017. I don't think he's the best running back on the roster, though. Well, let's hear it. Who's your best running back on the roster? I would give it to Brendan Knox, running back out of Marshall. 550 carries over the course of his career. 2,852 yards, averaged 5.2 yards per carry, and 27 uh, 27 touchdowns. I'm sorry, 24 touchdowns. Uh, added 27 receptions for 239 yards and another touchdown. But listen to this one. 2019, 270 carries he had for Marshall. 1,387 yards, averaged 5.1 yards per carry with 11 touchdowns. So some serious college experience for that guy. That's Brendan Knox. Let's see what he can do for the Sea Dragons. Yeah, you know, 20, 30 years ago, those were Heisman numbers. That's that's great. Yeah, yeah really um, good season. They have no tight ends on the roster, by the way. <laughs> I did just want to throw it out there. There's not a tight end on the roster. But a guy kind of like uh, – who was it that played that, that we've mentioned played a second ago? Now I got to look back. They, they do have a fullback though, Ryan, that is wearing number 89. So I yeah. think that that means he's probably sort of an H back. His name is Charlie mm, Tuomopo. That's he a good looks like He's Samoan or something like that. Uh, he's out of Portland State. So uh, I think that's probably your tight end. But well, there, there is somebody yeah. we would be remiss to talk about this on this roster. You, you might as well take it. I know who we're all waiting to hear about. But yeah. uh, maybe the most talented player on any of the rosters in the XFL. Yeah. I mean, we talk about Cody Latimer being an undersized tight end. This guy could play an undersized tight end. And that is the wide receiver that um, at one point people thought was going to be the best receiver in the NFL. Yeah. Uh, he was slated to be just the next big thing and couldn't get out of his own way. And that is wide receiver, Josh Gordon. That's right. That Josh Gordon, six foot three, 224 pound wide receiver. He is a super boy. L I I I I can't do the math. Is that 53 champion? Um, at least he, he got a ring for it. He finished his NFL career two two 252 receptions, 4,284 yards and 21 touchdowns. He was a first-team All-Pro, a pro bowler, and he led the NFL in receiving yards back in 2013 for the Cleveland Browns. He got a, two, a DUI following that season, a DWI, I should say, in 2014 when he applied for reinstatement. He failed drug. He failed a drug test, and he continued to fail drug tests uh, as the as his career 
would progress until the NFL stopped um, testing for marijuana. <laughs> I mean, and Thank even you, then, Williams. at that point, yeah, at that point, I think the NFL had passed him by. Um, he spent time both in New England, Seattle, Kansas City, and Tennessee. Um, but Josh Gordon, again, uh, when he was when he was with the Browns, people thought that this guy was this guy was going to be a stud, and he was. Um, but for one season, it, I really two two seasons. But the weed was more important than the war the, than the the, the football and the mean, game. That's yeah, what, yeah, that's what it was. He couldn't get out of his own way. Just just really disappointing. But we get to see if he can redeem himself here in the XFL and get one final shot at, at an NFL roster. Uh, Bill, any other wide receivers you want to talk about? Uh, I don't think any of them really jump off the page. I, obviously, with Josh Gordon on the roster, you don't really need a whole lot more. Uh, I think he's going to dominate a pretty. I, I think still, even at his age, he'll be really good. Honestly, there's not another wide receiver on this team that makes you go, "Ooh." Uh, the only one that's even close is maybe Jacor Pearson out of Western Kentucky. He played with Western Kentucky from 2017 to 2020, and he played one season at Ole Miss. At Ole Miss, he had 26 catches for 392 yards uh, and four touchdowns. In 2019, he had 76 catches at Western Kentucky. So, dude could catch the ball. Unfortunately, he only had 804 yards receiving, so that's only a 10.6-yard average. Yeah. I don't know what that means about his speed. Uh, they've got a wide receiver that came out of Oregon. His name is Jalen Red. Oregon, obviously, a pretty good school, but his last season at Oregon was his worst season, and that is the worst time to have it. He only had 13 catches for 197 yards, but his Ooh, sophomore bad. season at Oregon, he had 50 catches for 465 yards. So I don't know, but Josh Gordon's on the roster. That's who we're going to be watching, and I think the Sea Dragons are going to be an interesting team to watch because of it. Yeah, the only one defensive player that I decided to break down because he was drafted by an NFL team, a six foot four, 255-pound safety Sharif Miller. Out of Penn State, 2015 to 2018 at Penn State, uh, recorded 100 tackles, 31 and a half tackles for loss with a forced fumble and two fumble recoveries. He was the number 138 overall pick in the fourth round by the Eagles in 2019. He also spent time with the Panthers, Cardinals, and Falcons and with the USFL New Orleans Breakers. Uh, Sharif Miller, a defensive player to look out for for the Seattle Sea Dragons. Bill, anything else you want to add before we move on to St. Louis? I think we can head to St. Louis. It's yeah, that's that's got another really exciting player. Yeah, uh, there's a couple on here. The St. Louis Battlehawks. St. Louis has football again after the Rams moved back to Los Angeles. The XFL brought football back to St. Louis. Anthony Beck, the head coach of the St. Louis Battlehawks, another name that I'm sure that you uh, that you that you enjoy is about as much as the Sea Dragons and the Battlehawks. I do like um, the Battlehawks. That's not terrible. Yeah, listen, I like it as much as I like the Sea Dragons, but I also like the Sea Dragons. <laughs> so maybe I'm in the minority. Um, listen, probably if there are three quarterbacks in this league that have the biggest name recognition, this is this is probably number three. And that's quarterback AJ McCarron. That that's right, that AJ McCarron, six foot three, 220-pound quarterback out of the University of Alabama. He is a three-time national champion with Alabama. In 2010, 2012, and 2013, uh, he's got a long list of accolades. The Maxwell Award winner in 2013. The Johnny Unitas Golden Arm Award a winner in 2013. The Kellen Moore Award winner in 2013. He finished second in the Heisman voting in 2013. In 2013, he was also a first-team All-American 
He was a two-time second-team All-SEC, both in 2012 and 2013. He finished his college career with 66.8% completions, 686 out of 1026, 9,019 yards, 77 touchdowns, and 15 interceptions. He was a fifth-round pick by the Cincinnati Bengals in 2014. That was the number 164 overall. I believe that was in a time when they were starting to think about moving on from Andy Dalton. He spent eight years in the NFL with, with the Bengals, Bills, Raiders, Texans, and Falcons. Finishes, or at least up to this point, his NFL career, 62.6% completion percentage, 1,173 yards, six touchdowns, and three interceptions. I know you like passer ratings, 86.7 passer rating for his NFL career. There were rumors that coming out of college that he was sort of uh, he was sort of arrogant when doing his NFL interviews. Like they basically they asked what his um, what his most important stat was, and he said, uh, or like the most important I don't know attribute that he had, and it was winning. Uh, was was what I remember reading about him. Uh, I think it's pretty safe to say that AJ McCarron's probably the starter here in St. Louis. Would would that be? Hundred percent. Let's not forget the number one award that he came out of uh, college with, and that was Catherine Webb, Miss Alabama, that he ended up marrying. So, right? Yeah, that's a pretty See? good first. There yeah, you go. yeah, yeah. You're welcome. That's it. And uh, that one, but yeah, that's. Uh, I think he's definitely the starter. I he's he's a little bit confusing to me when you look at career stats in the in the pros with Cincinnati. His first season that he actually played in 2015, he was pretty darn good. And, you know, six touchdowns, two interceptions, completed 66% of 66.4% of his passes. And like you said, I love passer rating, 97.1. For your first action in the pro, that's really good. Yeah. And they never really gave him another extended look. It, it's he, The next one he got was with Houston in 2019 where he threw 37 passes. Like at that point, you're cold, right? Yeah. Um, I, it's just that it's really odd to me. I, they must have seen something that I didn't see, and it, they definitely didn't see in games because he was, like I said, nice stats. But with all that moving forward here, looking at 2023 in the XFL, I think he's your starter. Yeah, another guy that's going to be vying for XFL MVP. Should we mention any other quarterbacks, or should we just go ahead and move on to running backs? Well, I only see one more on the roster, and his name is Nick Tiano, and he came out of Chattanooga. Uh, it, at Chattanooga, he had 6,569 yards of total offense. He's seventh all-time in total offense at Chattanooga. Uh, in his senior season, he only completed 53.4% of his passes for 2,242 yards, 14 touchdowns, and 10 interceptions. So that's not all that good. So I think they're putting all their money on A.J. McCarron. And, and then we go to running backs where they do have some talent. So we'll see what happens there. Yeah, let's start off. Um, I want to start off with one guy, but I'm going to start off with the other. Um, I'm going to start off with Mateo Durant, 6'1", 195-pound running back from Duke. The reason I want to start off with him is that he is a local guy, Bill. He is originally from McCormick, right. South Carolina, right down the road from us here. Um, spent 2018 to 2021 at Duke. Finishes 489 carries, 2,562 rushing yards, 18 touchdowns. That's good for 5.2 yards per carry. In 2021, he rushed for 1,241 at rushing yards a Duke record for a single season. He also finished 55 receptions, 480 yards, and four touchdowns. He was a Steelers 2022 undrafted free agent So in 2022. So uh, another sort of like NFL rookie that's going to get a chance to show out here in the XFL. Um, Bill, who's, your, who's the next running back you want to feature? I'm pretty sure it's the guy that I've got down here. They really don't have one. 
Brian Hill out of Wyoming. That's the only other good player I think that they have. Uh, and they also have Kareem Walker running back out of South. Well, he came out of South Alabama. The guy he transferred twice. And he's one yeah. of those transfer kids. Michigan, yeah. Mississippi State, and then South Alabama. Never really did much in anything and, and wasn't great at South Alabama, but they're giving him an opportunity in the XFL. Stats-wise, Brian Hill's better. And I think, honestly, I think you hit the guy that's going to be their starter, Mateo Durant. Yeah, Walker finished 363 yards, 3.4 yards per carry with five touchdowns in college. Yeah, I do like Durant, and the fact that he's a local kid makes me happier. Um, moving to wide receiver, uh, this guy uh, this guy stood out because of his name, Austin Prohl. If that name sounds familiar, it's because he is the son of former NFL wide receiver Ricky Prohl. He's a 5'10", 175-pound wide receiver out of North Carolina, where he had 91 receptions for 1,265 yards, five touchdowns. He was there from 2014 to 2017. He was a seventh-round pick, number 255 overall by the Bills back in 2018, but he also spent time with the Titans, Rams, 49ers, Chargers, Bills, and Giants, so another NFL journeyman. He caught the first touchdown for the Seattle Sea Dragons back in the 2020 uh, XFL season. They called it the first touchdown in XFL history. It was the first touchdown in the revision XFL history back in 2020 before the league shut down. Um, the only other wide receiver I wanted to talk about was uh, was Akeem Butler uh, out of Iowa State, six foot five, two hundred and twenty seven pound wide receiver. He was at Iowa State from 2015 to 2018. Second team All Big 12 in 2018. Finished his college career 110 receptions, 2,149 yards. 18 touchdowns, another NFL draft pick, a fourth rounder, number 103 overall by the Arizona Cardinals in 2019. He spent some time with the Panthers, Eagles, and in the XFL. Uh, Bill, anything that I missed on Butler, Prohl, or is there anybody else you want to spotlight here in the wide receiver room for the St. Louis Battlehawks? Well, the St. Louis Battlehawks are actually loaded with NFL wide receivers. They have Marcel Aitman, Darius Shepard, Hakeem Butler, Gary Jennings, and Prohl. And uh, the last guy you talked about, They've all played in the NFL, at least on practice squads or something else. And so they ha they have a ton of guys, man. This this team is – I think it's going to be a good team. Um, I'm just looking, Ryan. They actually have Brian Hill listed as the starter. So over our, our guy from Kentucky uh, at running back. So that's, that's actually kind of interesting. Um, I, what's fun about that is you look at stats and you go, that shouldn't be true. That doesn't make any sense, and then that's what they're going to list. So it'd be fun to watch the game that they play and to see which guys are playing. And if we actually did see statistics make make sense and and make the you know Mateo look better. Um, but other than that, on their on that roster, like you said, I, I just think it's really fun to look at the different players that they do have with the amount of NFL talent that they have on this roster. I think, like I said, I think the Battlehawks are a little bit scary. Yeah. Um, again, full of NFL talent. Uh, their tight end, Jordan Thomas, was a sixth-round draft pick by the Texans and the Mississippi State. They had a cornerback, Tim Harris, drafted in the sixth round by the 49ers out of Virginia. So a lot of former NFL talent on this Battle Hawks uh, roster. So, uh, yeah, they look like one of the favorites here in the XFL. But I think the, the, the true favorite, in my opinion, comes to us from the last team oh, that we're going to spend some time focusing on. And that is a team led by Rod Woodson as your head coach, the Vegas Vipers. I love alliteration, um, and I love the Vegas Vipers. And I, I really think <laughs> it's the I, Las Vegas Viper. No, I'm the, Ve Vegas, the Vegas, Vegas Vipers. Yeah. So, um, 
Yeah, Bill, again, some, some more NFL talent. I can't wait to get into it. Let's start off here at quarterback. Yeah. Brett Hundley yeah. leads his team at quarterback, six foot three, 226 pound quarterback out of UCLA, 2012 to 2014. He went 837 of 1241, that's 67.4 completions percentage for 9,966 yards, 75 touchdowns, and 25 interceptions. Uh, 479 carries for 1,747 yards with 30 rushing touchdowns. This guy was a dynamic player in college. Second team All-Pac-12 in 2014. He holds numerous records at UCLA. And he was drafted in the fifth round by the Green Bay Packers back in 2015. He spent also spent time with Seattle, Arizona, Indianapolis, Baltimore, and New Orleans. He did play in relief of Aaron Rodgers uh, due to an injury uh, early in his career. Um, in the NFL, a 59.1% completion percentage, 1,902 career yards, nine touchdowns and 30, 13 interceptions, a 67.6 passer rating. He also had 309 rushing yards with two rushing touchdowns. Uh, Brett Hundley with some experience with the Green Bay Packers more than anybody else. Uh, Bill, how do you feel about Brett Hundley and what other quarterbacks would you like to talk about here from Vegas? Well, I think Brett Hundley, like you said, he was outstanding, outstanding at UCLA. Really, really good-looking player. Did not play well for the Green Bay Packers. Obviously, this is not NFL-level talent they are to be playing against. So it'll be interesting to see him play. Uh, but there's another player, Luis Perez. And I don't know if you remember Luis Perez, but we've seen him before. From 2019 to 2022, he played with the Birmingham Iron, the New Jersey Generals, and the New York Guardians. In those games, he threw for 3,079 yards, 17 touchdowns, and 8 interceptions. Also ran for 84 yards on 40 attempts. Plenty of experience. They really, really thought he was going to be like the next coming uh, in the minor leagues and possibly move up to the NFL. He hasn't done that yet. He also made himself famous by teaching himself how to play quarterback by watching YouTube videos. Yes, that happens. That's interesting, yeah. But I think Brett Hundley's probably your starter there, so that'll be interesting. The other one that's on the roster, right? I don't know if you looked at this guy. He came out of Baylor, but he played at North Carolina State for three seasons. He barely has any statistics. <laughs> <laughs> no That's sense. why I didn't talk about him. Yeah, Jalen McClendon. He has 81, 81 completions on 138 tosses, 58.7 completion percentage, 977 yards, four touchdowns, and seven interceptions. Hey, why don't you come play in the XFL? Like I Listen, said, sometimes I wonder if they couldn't get guys to play. I wish the XFL started like set like five years ago. Yeah. So my guys Connor Shaw and Dylan Thompson could have had some time. Right. They would have. They would have. I think killed it in the XFL. Yeah. Well. Uh, but I digress. Yeah, Bill, yeah. I didn't write anything down about the running backs. So you got a running back here for Vegas. Uh, Vegas has a couple of players. Listen to this guy. DeAndre Torrey, 5'11", 197 running back out of North Texas. In North Texas, he ran for he ran 609 times in four seasons between 2018 and 2021 for 3,228 yards and 57 touchdowns. His freshman season at North Texas, he ran 175 times for 977 yards. Actually, I'm sorry, make that 36 touchdowns. Sorry, 15 touchdowns he had in his, his freshman season. His final year in North Texas, 248 carries, 1,215 yards, 13 touchdowns. So dude has played a lot of football in college. They also have a running back out of Baylor, John Lovett. Uh, actually, make it Penn State. He was at, he he played four seasons at Baylor, transferred to Penn State last season at Penn State, but most of his stats are at Baylor. 407 carries, 1,980 yards, 4.9 4. per carry, 17 TDs in college. 
Um, they have running backs. It's going to be fun to watch. I think that they have uh, enough talent. Like you said, this might be the favorite of the whole entire league. Yeah, I, I, and you keep going when you look at wide receivers to start off with two guys that have NFL experience, uh, starting off with Geronimo Allison. Geronimo. Uh, I'm just going to say it all the time, right? Geronimo. Yeah, that's a great name. Uh, six foot three, 200, uh, 202 pounds out of Illinois from 20, 2015. I'm sorry, 2014 to 2015. Finished his college career, 1,480 yards and eight touchdowns. He played with the Packers as an undrafted free agent in 2016. He also spent time with the Lions and Falcons, but has 89 receptions and 1,045 yards and six touchdowns in the NFL. Um, it was a name that you, you recognized if, if you watched that the Aaron Rodgers air raid offense uh, in that mid-2000s range. Um, but another guy who had some off-the-field issues, sort of like Josh Gordon did, is also playing for this offense mm -hmm. in Vegas. Um, another local guy, he's played at T.L. Hanna in Anderson, South Carolina. He's also a former Clemson Tiger in Martavis Bryant. Big stack. Six, six foot four, 210-pound wide receiver out of Clemson. Played at Clemson from 2011 to 2013, where he racked up 61 receptions, 1,354 yards and 13 touchdowns. He played with guys like Sammy Watkins uh, in college. He was a fourth-round draft pick by the Pittsburgh Steelers in 2014 the number 118 overall pick. Um, you talked about Josh Gordon not being able to lay off the weed. He couldn't do it. From Pittsburgh in 2014 to 2017, spent time with the Raiders, then in the CFL. He was the fifth overall pick in skill players in the XFL draft. The NFL stats read 145 receptions, 2,183 yards, and 17 touchdowns. This dude was a speedy, yeah, big huh, six foot four dude that could get down the field fast, yep. um, like almost as like a Tyreek Hill but tall. Good play, um, and just couldn't get out of his own way, man. Bill, anything you want to add about Geronimo or Martavis Bryant, or are there any other wide receivers you want to discuss real quick? Geronimo's got stats; had some in the league, thousand over a thousand yards in the league, uh, and then you've got some other players that are pretty decent. One of them, Jeff, but I guess it's Bidet. I don't know, maybe. Like the thing that you sit on with the toilet. I don't like the European. It's, sort of like, it's B A D E T. Let's go with that. Let's played go with Kentucky, Bidet. Yeah. Played, played at Kentucky, played at Oklahoma. Uh, 1,700 yards, 1,785 receiving in college, 10 touchdowns. Probably get some time to uh, show what he can do in the league. Uh, other than that, they don't have a ton, but I mean, do you really need a whole lot with two guys that have quite a bit of NFL experience? Not, I mean, you got Bryant, you got Geronimo, you got the running backs you talked about, you've got Brett Hundley throwing the ball, a dual threat quarterback who can run. Um, this offense could be explosive. You would you add that with tight end Brandon Dillon, six foot five, 250 pound tight end out of Marion, Indiana. He, uh, he played there as a very small school, 2014 to 2018, but he was the 2015 NAIA national champion. He was first team. Uh, NAIA All-American in 2018. He was a two-time first-team conference All-MSFA in 2017 and 2018. He had 105 receptions for 1,661 yards, 14 touchdowns in college. He was an undrafted free agent by the Vikings in 2019. Uh, also spent time with the Saints and Jets. He does have one reception for six yards in the NFL. Uh, but a tight end that can go along with the other skill players on this offense. This offense can be explosive, and they're going to be led – uh, by a defensive player who was also mm. a former All-Pro. Yeah, this was um, 
probably the biggest name in the entire one of the at least one of the top three in the whole yeah league. yeah I would, player. yeah he's probably the most well-known defensive player in the league um because he's a former all pro let's just go into it uh linebacker Vic Beasley six foot three 246 pounds out of Clemson I'm sure all of you who heard me say Vic Beasley knew who I was talking about Played at Clemson from 2010 to 2014. He is Clemson's all-time sack leader with 33 career sacks at Clemson. He was a consensus All-American in 2013 and 2014, as well as the ACC Defensive Player of the Year back in 2014. Two-time first-team All-ACC in 13 and 14. He had 83 tackles, 67 were solo, 48 tackles for loss, seven forced fumbles, two fumble recoveries. It made him good enough to be the number eight overall pick by the Falcons in 2015 NFL Draft. He was a first-team All-Pro, a Pro Bowl, uh, and Deacon Jones Award winner in 2016, where he had 15 and a half sacks. He was the NFL forced fumble co-leader in 2016. He played in the 2016 Super Bowl that Atlanta famously fell. Uh, they had a 28-3 lead and would famously lose that game in overtime. He also spent time with the Titans and Raiders. He has, in the NFL, his statistics read 160 tackles, 37 and a half sacks, 12 forced fumbles, 12 pass deflections, one interception. Of those 160 tackles, 122 were solo tackles. He also has two defensive touchdowns. He is going to be the anchor of this of this Vegas Vipers defense. And just you talk about a guy who just didn't want to stop playing football. Um, with with some big time career playing time, uh, looking for sort of a resurgence in the XFL and maybe his own. Yeah, he's an All Pro. All Pro. Like he, he was a, a consensus All American in college. He was an All Pro in the NFL. I mean, the dude just has basically anything anything you can ask for. And so I think uh, the Vegas Vipers are just, for the most part, stacked from an offensive standpoint. When you've got a guy like Vic Beasley who can control the defensive side of the ball. Um, Vegas is set up uh, to be successful. Bill, we're going to take our last break, but before we do, we just broke down every single team in the league. That's right. Uh, we, we mentioned we, we like Vegas. We like St. Louis. Who's your favorite to win the XFL championship based on going over these rosters? You know what? I'm, I'm going to go, well, that's tough, man. I, I don't know. <laughs> Who has the best quarterback? Who is the best quarterback in, in this entire league? Um, I mean, you're looking at AJ McCarron. You're looking at there's Brett so much Hundley. that goes into it. It would it would be a difficult pick, I think, to even. I, I will say this: I don't think the Arlington Renegades have a good enough roster to win the 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 the, uh, the title. I think they're they're lacking a quarterback. I think Orlando's roster pretty much stinks. Um, I think other teams like the DC Defenders have some interesting things going on at quarterback, but I don't think that they're good enough to win it. Uh, Houston Roughnecks, same thing. I don't think they have the quarterback that's strong enough to win it. Um, let me see here. I'm, I'm just rolling down really quick. I said Orlando stinks. They're just terrible. Yeah. Uh, let me think here. San Antonio. They're interesting. I, I like San Antonio. I, I, I not saying it. Yes, I like. Okay, I like San Antonio. But I. Wow, I can't. Why would you ask that of me? Because that's what I do. I like to put people on the spot on this show. It's tough, man. Because we don't know how good the defenses are going to be. We just we just said offenses. I'm telling you right now, Vegas is going to win the XFL championship this year. Barring injuries, man. nah, nah, they don't have the quarterback. I think I Brett Hundley is going to be just fine at quarterback. He's not even the starter. Luis Perez is the starter. 
You're, I'm sorry. No, I just wrecked you your whole world. Don't you uh, worry. I, I, give, all right. For now, I'll take the St. Louis Battlehawks. All right. I'll take Vegas. You're taking St. Louis. Yeah. With that being said, this show has lasted a very, very long time. Yes, We're going to take one final break. When we come back, we're going to break down and pick the first week in the XFL. Four games to choose this weekend in the XFL. Stay tuned. We'll be right back right here on Tap House and Touchdowns. This episode is brought to you by Carolina Business Equipment. With offices in Charleston, Greenville, Columbia, and Florence, Carolina Business Equipment can supply your copiers, computers, and printers anywhere in the state of South Carolina. Call my personal best friend, Aaron Thompson, at 843-452-8761 for a quote today, and make sure you tell him that Ryan from Tap House and Touchdown sent you. Carolina Business Equipment, you worry about your business, let us handle your technology. All right, everybody, we are back in the, if you want to call it the main event of this week's football episode. We are going to break down the XFL week one. Uh, hopefully you enjoyed the extra long breakdown and the introduction of all the XFL rosters. Probably more detail than you're going to get anywhere else because legitimately we haven't seen it. So it might be the most in-depth XFL preview you will get. It's your anywhere. primer. It's your primer. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. So, Bill, we're going to start off here. Week one in the XFL. Uh, first of all, it's your guy, Billy Rye, Banker Bill here talking XFL football. Week one in the XFL, the first game Saturday, 3 p.m. over on ABC. The Vegas Vipers at the Arlington Renegades. Bill, who you got, Vegas or Arlington? Vegas Vipers over the Arlington Renegades. Arlington just does not have the quarterback play. Vegas has what looks like more talent on that roster. Yeah, listen, I, I just just at the end of last segment, I took Vegas to win it all. Give me Vegas over Arlington. <laughs> That's an easy one, huh? Yeah, easy one. The next game here, Saturday at 8.30 p.m. over on ESPN and FX. That's a weird uh, dual broadcast there. The Orlando Guardians at the Houston Roughnecks, your adopted team versus my adopted team. Bill, who you got, Orlando or Houston? I think this one's tight. And I honestly, I think the quarterback play, I, I believe Paxton Lynch is going to be pretty good. And I think Orlando takes it in Houston. That's hilarious. I'm taking Houston, man. Listen, this might be the most unentertaining game of the weekend, <laughs> in my opinion. I don't think Houston's great. I think Orlando is just that much worse. I think this is going to be a low-scoring game. Give me Houston at home with the win over your Guardians. Watch Max Borgie with the Houston Roughnecks. He's the running back. Watch him. That's good. He's going to make a difference, you see. There you go. Next up, we move to the Sunday games. Again, over on ABC at 3 o'clock kickoff. The St. Louis Battlehawks at the San Antonio Brahmas. Bill, do you got St. Louis or San Antonio? St. Louis. I said I think they're the best roster in the, in the entire league. I think they're the best team. St. Louis wins that game. I'm taking all the road teams, apparently. That's what's going on right now. That's exactly what you're doing. Yeah, I'm taking St. Louis, too, man. I think San Antonio just – they got some things to, to desire. Um, when you look at – I mean, their quarterback's okay. They've got – I mentioned Kalen Balazs could be an, an XFL MVP candidate. Um, but not a whole lot else on that roster to talk about. Give me St. Louis in that game as well. And finally, your Sunday night football game over on ESPN, the Seattle Sea Dragons taking on the D.C. Defenders. Bill, who you got here between the Seattle Sea Dragons and the Defenders? I'm going to do it again. I'm going to go the road team. Ben DiNucci is the quarterback for the Seattle Sea Dragons, and I think with his experience coming out right out of the gate, he's going to be better than the 
young kids that are playing for the defenders. So give me Seattle on the road. Make it four road teams for the win. Bill is going all road road teams. Yeah, listen, I'm going Ben DiNucci to Josh Gordon. Uh, I'm giving the Seattle Sea Dragons. Or yeah, I said I said it right. Give me the Seattle Sea Dragons here. Um, yeah, I've taken one home team in the other road game. So uh, it'll be interesting to see. Uh, Bill, we have we have kept the audience long enough. Thank you for joining us, and uh, and we'll see you next week, man. This is this has been fun, and, and yes, I can't sir. wait to break down XFL with you every week, bud. And then we'll learn a whole lot this week, and probably be a whole lot more educated when we actually get to watch them play football instead of just looking at names on paper. And I'll get to rub your face in the fact that like we've done. <laughs> listen, we've done. First of all, rub your face in the Houston win, but we'll also get to rub your face in the fact that like we've done more research than anybody when it comes to XFL football. We are the guys to know who to draft in an XFL fantasy draft. So if you wanted to play an XFL fantasy league with me, this is the time to change your mind. You told me not to ask you again, and I'm not, but I'm just giving you a heads up. This is the time you change your mind. No, no, no. Ladies and gentlemen, this might be the longest show we have ever done on Tap House and Touchdowns. We are pushing two hours, but I promise you, if you have stuck through it this long, you will appreciate all the knowledge that we dropped on you with the XFL breakdown. I hope you will come back next week. Stay tuned on Tuesday next week. Got another wrestling throwback episode. And then next Thursday or Friday, the XFL uh, show, the, the football episode, the season five football premiere of the show. We're going to break down week one of the XFL and look forward to week two and maybe sprinkle some NFL offseason in there. We'll see what happens. But for this show, thanks everybody for joining us. For Banker Bill. It's your guy, Bully Rye, for Tap House and Touchdowns. Thanks for joining us, and I'll be around.